on the banks of the Great River, high above the Allure Gorge. This is the Buzzer Podcast. Indie music, new releases, industry insiders, out of the box conversations with guests from the two north, from the west coast to the east coast, to across the pond, and from down under. And now, here is Shay. Hey, y'all. I am Shay. This is the Buzzer Podcast. Welcome and enjoy episode 67. First, music trivia for August 7th. Krista Berg was number one in 1986 in the UK with The Lady in Red. It was his first number one after 24 single releases, staying in the top of the charts for three weeks. Alt-Rock Australian band Flint is back on the show. Frontman Tony Rosenberg and guitarist Peter Jenner are our guests again. And uh, we spin the band's Just Drop debut AP, Follow the Embers. Flint has a unique classic rock-inspired sound that will hook you as a fan. Great band. Enjoy the show. Well, hi, guys. It's great to have Flint back on the show. Uh, we're talking about the Follow the Embers EP, which releases July 30th. Hi, Shay. It's Peter. It's great to be on the show again. Yeah. Hi, Peter. Is Tony there? I am here, Shay. Thanks for inviting us along. Oh, it's great. I, I listened to the whole EP. I love it. Um, I'd love to hear a bit of the backstory on some of it. Did you follow a concept or a theme when you were writing the album? Not really. Um, the, the songs were, we wanted different genres for the different songs. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so there's no real theme. Um, you would have noticed there's probably four different types of styles of music on the, yeah. on the EP. Uh, it was kind of intentional. We didn't want to just sound every song to sound that, the same. So you had a different drummer on each track? Not a different drummer. We just tried to do something different on every track. Okay. Um, the 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 members are the same for okay. this EP. Um, it will change in the future. Our, our drummer uh, has decided to move on to other things, and and we've just got a new drummer. Oh. On um, but the uh, the 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 idea of the the EP was to, as Peter said, was try to have every track have its own individual personality and dynamic. Well, it definitely does. And we tried to achieve that. Yeah, it definitely yeah. does. That's why I asked the question. I kept going, I don't see a concept. I don't see anything. <laughs> They're so different. Uh, yeah, that's cool. That's a good way to, you know, it's great. Yeah, we, we wanted to get away from... We want to get away from that obvious, you know, if you if you hear the first song, you kind of know what the others would be okay. like. Okay. Well, I thought it was pretty ingenious for a, a debut EP to showcase uh, five different types of tracks because it sort of shows the the adaptive sort of shows the adaptivity of oh my god I can't say that word it shows the uh, music bra- uh, breadth of the band like your capabilities right so yeah absolutely I I think we tried to as we are a sum of all the parts I think we tried to in some cases, in, you know, focus more on the lyrics or sometimes it was, okay, this has got to be driven by the drums. Other uh, parts will say, oh, let's leave some space for the mm-hmm. bass. So using that sort of approach, it was 
easier to sort of allow each song to develop in its own okay. way. That makes sense. So the first track we're going to hear is Wide Awake. You're releasing the single on July 23rd, which is very exciting. Right. I'll make sure to feature it. And uh, it has a bit Thanks. of a psychedelic vibe to it. At least that's what I thought. I like the track. It's, it's an interesting one. Um, it, it actually came from a, uh, a guitar riff. I was playing around with one morning at home and I went and showed my wife and, and she said, well, that's a Nirvana riff. <laughs> and without realising it, that's exactly what it was. Um, so I sent it to Tony and said, look, we can't use it, but maybe we can do something with it. And um, this is what it turned into. So we moved it up the fretboard on the guitar and played around with playing it a different way, but ultimately that's where it came from. That's great. And both you and Tony composed the song? Yeah, I had the lyrics um, in my, you know, my dusty old folders since 2010. Okay. wow. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I, I was I was writing some lyrics and, and they just sort of ended up, you know, in, in the back of this old folder. And then once we were um, uh, formed together as Flint, Peter and I, you know, we're at his place and sort of using this this new riff that you know, sort of leaned on Nirvana, but then we changed it a bit, as he said. And then I was fiddling, fiddling about with different lyrics and I pulled out Wide Awake and it seemed to fit with a few adjustments. And, um, yeah, uh, it, it's just one of those things, you know, musicians have those moments where everything gels really well. I think all creatives do. Yeah. Yes, so we we were lucky to have a, a bass player working with us at that time. Not our bass player, but another bass player who was uh, open-minded. Um, he was a very busy guy, so he couldn't stay with us. But he also helped us sort of move into different, take the song in different okay. directions. So um, that was interesting. We, we wanted to keep some emptiness in the song, and you can feel that um, in some parts of the music, in some parts of the song, some parts of the verse. In the, in the beginning of the bridge, to sort of create an idea of uncertainty. Um, so that was where where we wanted to go with the song, and it seemed to work. It seemed to work out with all of these little bits falling together. And why so? Like, what's the song about? Yeah, the song sort of um, takes the listener on a journey of uh, light and dark, being a, a, awake or asleep or possibly even dying and coming back to life. So it's that sort of crossing over and not crossing over. Is there light? Is there dark? And it oscillates between these two dichotomies. Um, it's ethereal in some places and, and very energetic, obviously, in the chorus. So this is the kind of dynamic that we like to, to use in our songs um, so that um, I, I don't want to say, you know, that music can get boring, but, um, you know, so that there's a, there's a reason to listen to the next minute because you know it's going to change, you know it's not going to be the same thing. So that constant dynamic, change of dynamics, um, I think helps to show you the uncertainty of am I asleep, am I awake, is this light, am I, am I in the dark, am I dying or am I coming back to life? That was the aim of the song. That was a great song. We're going to hear it now, Wide Awake. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
wide awake No need to stir anyone I'm quite the flake Convince myself before I'm done Can't see the light I seem to stumble at every turn Can't make it right Flames will light before I burn Stuck in the dark Floating in depths of gloom Shall we disembark Into secrets I can't even presume I'm wide awake No need to stir anyone I'm quite the fake Convince myself before I'm done I think it was a great track to start the EP. Deciding on deciding on uh, the order was was another one. We we didn't know whether you go with the, the lighter music or the heavier music first. Yeah, the order of songs on an EP can be can be a, a point of contention. So how did you come up with the order? It was kind of um, it's hard to describe, but it kind of just fell into place. I I played around at home for quite a bit, getting the Playing with different orders and hearing hearing the the EP in different orders of the tracks, and this one just seemed to to fit the best, if that makes any sense. They kind of the music kind of flows. I look at it as a as a wave. Um, so we start out fairly big with Wide Awake. We get a little bit heavier with the uh, the next track, Painted Skin. Then it lightens off a little bit with Colors, and then it comes back at the end a little bit heavier again. So it kind of rides a bit of a wave rather than just peaking, staying up there and 
yeah, that was really how it sort of came about, just to, again to take the listener on a bit of a journey. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. I was reading on the net about an initiative that started in February of last year in Australia called I Lost My Gig. Can you tell me a bit about that? Well, the, yeah, there's a, a bit of a movement here to um, to get the government to support musicians. Um, we had this uh, um, assistance, let's call it, government assistance during the, the initial lockdowns of COVID here in Australia called JobKeeper. And yes. And basically, and job what was that seeker. seeker? Yeah, job seeker and job keeper. Job keeper for, was for people who had a job, and job seeker mm-hmm. was for the people who were looking for work. And it was okay. it was significantly higher than general welfare payments, and so um, it helped a lot of people, especially the casual workers um, and those who were unemployed, to get through the rough moments. You know where there was literally no work, you know, all the hospitality had closed down and um, a lot of the retail and things like that. So these were paid to um, a lot of workers but not to musicians and that caused quite a lot of um, uh, unrest because the, the music industry in Australia here is a $6 billion business, right? It, it generates a lot of um, revenue for not just for the venues but for the, the people that work at those venues, you know, they get their salaries and, and, and more work and, you know, the more gigs, the more nights the bars are open, et cetera. Um, also the recording studios and all the people that sort of work, all, all those little jobs that we don't think about, you know, it's the, the, the sound desk guy and the guys who do the mm-hmm. mastering and, you know, even the security guards at the bars and stuff like that, all of these stem from the fact that you're a lot you have a live gig so when there were no possibilities for live performances not only musicians but everyone related to the music industry we we were put on the back foot with no support you know and so uh, wow so musicians um have really said you know do you think that we're not working when we're up there performing do you think that we're just up there for fun now you know, as a musician, it is fun, you know, it is fun to be up on stage. But at the end of the day, you are performing to an audience and there's an aspect of work to that. You know, you can't be drunk and falling over the place, all over the place. You know, you've got to be on time. You've got to keep your music at certain levels because they have decibel readers. You know, you've got a a number of sets to do. Uh, Sometimes they'll ask you to do an extra set, which was not planned. You know, there's all these things. It's a professional um, business and it's a job, you know, but the government didn't really look at it like that, and so um, there was an, an awful lot of cancellation and postponement of, of concerts and and all sorts of things like conferences and festivals and what have you. Uh, and then uh, to make matters worse, Shay, um, our professional football over here um, got special exemptions to play. Uh, they allowed 50,000 people into stadiums um, because they were considered open-air environments, but you, mm-hmm. couldn't, but you couldn't open and have a, a band playing in an open-air bar. And everyone was saying, well, what's the difference? There's 50,000 people at a football stadium. Um, how can we not have you know, a couple of hundred people to a 1,000 people at a bar in an open-air environment? And so this is the double standards that's come up Recent, particularly recently, um, and this is what people are starting to complain about. 
Yeah, definitely. Have any improvements happened? There's been a recent um, discussion in New South Wales, the capital of Sydney, um, about some support, some financial support for the music industry. The details have not been laid out yet, um, but uh, it's um, it, it seems to be moving forward. But it, it seems a little bit too little, too late. You know, why why were musicians just excluded from the get-go? And we're talking about, you know, months and months and months of musicians with no support at all, literally, and just, you know, just yeah. cast to the side. So um, people are, uh, um, the, the music industry is up in arms about it. And it's not just the little guy who plays, you know, his acoustic guitar in a, in a cafe on the corner. It's, you know, it's the labels and, and the festival um, the people that are running these festivals, they, it, it, you know what it's like. It's a lot of money and energy that's invested to put these things together, promote, sell tickets, organise the the location, um, the day. Of the course. And then, you know, and then to have the government turn around and say, oh, no, you can't have it because of COVID. Okay, that's fine because of, you know, public health. But you're not you're not helping us. You're not supporting us. Yet you'll provide support to other areas like sport. Yeah, one of the uh, one of the biggest music festivals in our sort of region is called the Byron Bay Blues Fest, and that actually got shut down 24 hours before it was due to start. So that they had people arriving, camping, um, all of the spectators that had bought their tickets uh, were starting to roll into town, and it got shut down. And it's an open air open air venue as well. Yeah. So it was it was really difficult for the for the promoters. What do they do? They have to. You know, they had artists actually in town, and and some some of the big names in Australian music were there as well. And it just got stopped instantly. Wow. I'm sorry to hear the industry went through that. There. I hope it improves. And we hope so. Well, we're going to take a little break from our chat and listen to track two from the EP, which is Painted Skin. And then we'll talk about the track after we hear it. So Painted Skin. Thank you. 
So tell me a bit about Painter's Skin. Okay, this is a song that uh, um, underwent quite a few changes. Uh, it's probably okay. our, it's probably our heaviest song on the EP and probably our yeah, heaviest song today. Is. Yeah, uh, It was originally called Tattoo. Um, and uh, Okay, that's what I kept going. Are they talking about tats? <laughs> Okay. All right. We had a lot more verses. They were dropped um, just so we could massage things to fit. You know, the jigsaw puzzle needs to work. Um, But tattoo, uh, um, interesting concept tattoos because they're choices that we make uh, about, you know, how we feel at, at a given moment in our lives and we decide to, imprinted on our skin right? we want we want to remember yeah. that the way it is i can relate i got six tabs. there you go so you know it, it's a choice you, there's a you know a conscious decision most of the time a conscious decision to uh 
to you know imprint that on your skin for a memory, whether that's a memory of love <laughs> or you know war or, or you know or or fun or whatever the the reason is uh, is not really up for discussion because that's very subjective. But the fact that we do these things, we we imprint ourselves really intriguing, yeah. and that's why I wanted to write about it. The the guitar and the drums yeah. sort of uh, grew and grew and grew into sort of a Celtic feel. So when it opens, uh, you can hear that sort of. Um, it almost feels like it should be the opening for a Game of Thrones episode or something like that. You know, it's got that. It's a bit punk. Yes, yeah, it's, it's got a bit of an edgy feel to it. Um, Celtic rolls on the drums and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, that's sort of where the song took us. There, you know, we. we while we have our own intentions, we let we let the music and the, and the jams sort of work out. Oh, this seems to work together well, and and on we moved. Again, I had to drop a lot of verses because um, mm-hmm. it, it just it just became gigantic. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, what was really fun is in the jamming sessions, uh, Peter, the guitarist with me and John our bass player they started messing around with um uh, going different ways on the fretboards so there's a there's mm-hmm. a bridge that we do twice in the song you've just heard and um basically bass player's going I think up and Peter's going down the fretboards and we we love that that crossover of um you know just just direction of music different direction of sound and um so that for me is the the most uh exciting part of the song even though you know it's got a um a, a, a rocking um chorus the bridge for me mm-hmm. is, is um is a really intriguing part of that song and it's a great dynamic because it's very different to the chorus it's a fun track it's a fun track yeah i think the um the lyrics also leave it open enough to interpret, you know, everyone will look at their their tattoos and sort of say, "Oh, is this a is this a, a line drawn on my body to remind me of of um, sadness, or remind me of someone I loved, or remind me of a moment when I was really happy, or <laughs> you know, plans that I was making yeah. at that time?" So I like to leave it open to interpretation. So um, yeah, I, I could tell you as a tap person. Um, the meaning changes over time significantly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a yeah, good, good, yeah. I think that's a good thing because it shows that we evolve. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And, I love it. And Shay, Tony has mm-hmm. not one tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I don't have a tattoo. <laughs> you don't have a tattoo? I don't have one, Shay. I went into tattoo parlors <laughs> maybe five times. And and I tried. And you chickened out. I tried, and I looked. You chickened I, out. You I, didn't try. You chickened out. I couldn't. I just didn't. I didn't. <laughs> I have that British pasty white skin, and it just didn't work. Oh for my me. god! <laughs> just didn't work for me. Uh, Tattoos are so good you, on other people, and I'm so jealous. But it just. Didn't you know what? Good. I've always, I've always been a fan of tattoos. I love them, especially them when they're. It's it's beautiful art when it when it's not done well. No, but. Um, 
Yeah, and and they don't stretch with age. All the smiths on social media. Like, <laughs> we, no, the tats are fine. Tats are fine. At least mine are. I love them. Um, I love them. Yeah, Even though I don't have yeah, them, I love them. I love them. <laughs> yeah, I, I love them. Uh, yeah, I've, I've been telling my. But needless to say, I've never dated a man with tats. So ah, there you go. <laughs> Even my husband doesn't have any. <laughs> yeah, but I tried to get him to get one. I'm going. He said, "No way." I'm like. <laughs> Why not? Just one. <laughs> it won't do it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, been, pretty cool. Been trying to get the message through to my kids because they're coming up to eighteen and and yeah, saying to them because I've I've got one and I've actually just got the kids' names on my arm and and I keep saying to them get something that means something or you can hide <laughs> because you never know. You shouldn't get judged, but you do. <laughs> no, I, I I get that. Like I have a daisy on my shoulder, right? That's the first one I got, right? Had to be tame, of course, and uh, from a high school sweetheart, right? Because he used to give me daisies. And honestly, <laughs> I have spent so much time going, I want to cover it up. I want to cover it up <laughs> because you know that was like forty years, thirty years ago. <laughs> I think it's about time. But yeah, yeah. There's always a, there is it was, a nice tattoo. Pardon me. Shay? Is it a nice tattoo? Oh, all my tats are nice. I paid. Uh, uh, yeah, I went to good good shops. Good shops. I would say don't cover it up. Oh, okay. That's my personal oh, okay. opinion. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Keep that memory. Uh, it was just an awkward moment every time. Whoa! Why'd you get that tattoo? I, some dude I knew when I was 16. <laughs> funny. Yeah, it's funny. A conversation. It's a great story. Yeah. It's a great story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, as long as he never knows. I got done long after we broke up. So uh, you guys have a protest happening on July 31st, do you not? That's right. Um, and it leans. So tell in, me about it. Yeah, it uh, it's sort of related to what we were talking about before um, losing the gig and stuff. So on the, um, Saturday, July 31st, um, uh, the Australian music industry is promoting this um, protest called Stand Up for Our Music Industry. And it's all um, right. Uh, it's going to be a, a virtual um, protest. Um, so, in fact, everyone from around the world could join in. It's 7 o'clock here in Australia, 7 p.m. at night. So I'm, mm, I'm always... That's 7 a.m. here. About that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, maybe, maybe it might be 9 a.m., I think. Is that right? 5 a.m. It's okay. I'm, yeah. I'm up anyway, at 7 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so basically it's a, it's an online uh, protest where they want people to to log in and, um, okay. and uh, you know, post... Uh, Post things, post their stories about being, you know, um, being discarded by the, the government, and let letting the government know um, that you know we are an industry that's you know we are working. You know, it's it's not just all fun and games. Um, so uh, that's that's, that's a, awesome. I think it's a great effort. Um, and given that you know, I think there's a big push to not put anyone at risk with COVID and have what have you. Um, we uh, it's about the best we can do at the moment. So um, I think you know, we've got to support that. As musicians, we'd be silly not to to support that. Well, I hope it goes well, mm -hmm. and I will give it my support by sharing it on my networks. One hundred percent. Give a voice to the music industry. Yes, I think it's great. And you know what? I don't get it because the Australian government should by now 
realize the amount of value that your music, the Australian music industry gives not only Australia but the world. Yeah, and you know that that goes for every country, but uh, yeah, Australia has been pretty lax about. Well, I only out. mentioned Australia because I'm talking to two Aussies, okay? <laughs> <laughs> but no, but I'm just saying they really should up their game. Absolutely, you know, and I hope Absolutely. they do. I hope they do. Stop the double standard. I think is probably the most important. You know, if you're going to support one industry, you have to support them all with the same rules. Oh, 100%. Are any of the big names uh, behind it? At the moment, um, it hasn't advertised who is actually uh, supporting it openly. Uh, it's, it's, it's been put together by this group called Rock in This Country. Um, okay. And Rock in This Country um, is just basically a, a group of people, volunteers, in fact, who are just um, wanting to to uh, promote the um, the event? They're predominantly, as far as I've understood, is they are from the country music sort of area. So it seems to me that they would probably be um, more rural and uh, involved in community radio. Um, so, oh, okay. So hopefully we'll get some support from not just the big cities, but also the um, the rural areas. Yeah, 100%, 100%. Like Melbourne has a great music scene, but there's a lot of local music scenes outside of Melbourne that are yeah. just kicking. Actually, Victoria, the state, has the largest number of community radio stations uh, in the country. Uh, on radio stations, yeah? Yeah, community radio, yeah. Okay, that's good. Mm. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't so hopefully, know that. Hopefully they'll get on board and, and, and really promote this um, this protest. Okay, well, we're going to spin Colors, which is the third track of the album, right now. In the dark line I glow white, bright makes me close my eyes. The sky is a mirror of ripples, to see an imposter in disguise. The vein breed among the leaves, and green is just a lie, it's a lie. Your shape is in the way, I'm so jealous and I don't know why. I see red in my folly And anger is a torching color The money man wears a blue suit I wear a blue color A bright light in total sun Prophets say it's green Purple haze is my blue pill my doctor says, please stay clean. The smell of the rain is liquid. While my sanity runs high, it runs high. The yellow sands of my barren mind. A hot wind sweeping dry. I see red in my folly. And anger is a torching color. 
Somebody tell me a bit about colors. Love the song. Thanks, right? You can, um, you can you can take so many ways of analyzing it. There's so many messages. It is, but it, it still all works together. Um, so colors <laughs> was actually the first song Tony and I wrote together. Um, I had a guitar tuning that I was playing with, uh, and we talked about doing some stuff. And Tony came around to my house and. I had a riff going through my head and, and we were trying to make a lyric fit that didn't quite work. So Tony dived into his massive folder of lyrics and came out with this thing called Colours and it kind of fitted like a glove. It was it was one of those moments where it just worked. So it was, it was, mm-hmm. it was very satisfying and, and we sat back and went, it can't be this easy all the time and we found out it's not. <laughs> uh, Okay. You have to work at writing songs. They don't just fall together all the time. Although that one did. That one did. Um, it's a, yeah. Look, look. It's a. It was. It was meant to get people thinking about what's happening around them, what's happening in the world, the corporate world versus you know, the poorer people, and um, yeah. So yeah. there's a, there's a message in there, and and we get a lot of people say is the song about this and, and someone else says something completely different. So it really gets different people thinking about things in different ways, which is quite interesting. Okay. I tried to use I tried to use colours, literally reds and greens and yellows and all that, as references to things in our lives. But I left it open enough mm-hmm. that people could interpret those the way that they wanted to. 
Um, mm-hmm. And color colors is accessible, like the colors that we know, they're accessible to most people, not everyone, but to most people. So most people know what red is and most people know what blue is and most people know what yellow is. But the way that you feel yeah. about those colors it can be very different. And so through the song, I've, I've made some connections to different colors and to different things in our society so that it can be interpreted in many different ways. Um, so uh, the, the idea is to allow the listener to interpret it the way they want. Well, I think I told you before in another chat that we had that a mark of a classic in time of song is a song that people can interpret in multiple ways. I would agree, totally. Yeah, because uh, everybody has a, a different take on anything from the any song. Yeah, I like the fact that it's in a deep, uh, I don't know, should I detuned or an alternative tuning? tuning. Uh, I showed it to a couple of musicians before we, uh, before we released it, and one of the guys said, you're out of tune. It was like, no, like we were intentionally out of tune. It's an intentionally not just standard <laughs> tune. You're intentionally like, oh, out of tune? Well, it's not. I don't know if I'm going to out of tune. It's it's an alternative tuning rather than the standard tuning of all the strings on the guitar. It's a different tuning, um, which opens up a whole okay. universe of sounds, right? So you can't play a standard G chord on this tuning because it sounds horrible. <laughs> so okay. you have to, and Peter will be better to explain this, you have to relearn how to play chords when you're, when you're not using standard tuning. Peter, you've got any? There was, there was hours went into learning how to play with um, alternate tunings because you, as Tony said, you can't play, your standard scales don't work, your standard chord structures fingering positions do not work um so it, it, it in one respect it's difficult because um you have to put the time in to find it but when you do find it it opens up a whole new world of sound which is what we're after mm-hmm. i agree i agree and you know what you guys are in the rock space and rock shouldn't be perfect Absolutely. I think, um, you know, rock was always about bucking the system. Um, so, you know, <laughs> if you're going to toe the line, then you're not really doing the punk rock sort of feel, are you? Um, oh, yeah, 100%, 100%. 100%. We're going to spin the last two tracks, but, and uh, we're going to take a break in between. Um, I'll be honest with you, the last two tracks of the EP are my faves. Um, the first one, upbeat, uh, loved it. Um, we're gonna spin Give Me Serenity. Looking for a driving fire and a way to survive. They say dreams inspire I'm switching on to overdrive No more always, no more Never gotta be the change That you see here now And we're never in a win A draw in defeat 
Instead of striving only to achieve, won't leave my slumber to become under the thunder on Christmas Eve. Trim your sails, it's the rule of thumb. Flip it all upside down, spin it on its head. Don't sit here waiting for a turnaround. Embrace your fear, run the red. Hey! Give me serenity, hey! Things that you do to me, hey! Give me serenity, hey! Things that you do to me, stay with me, come with me, let's be free. Honestly, I love the I love the track. It's I I can see myself like dancing while you guys are on a live gig on stage. I love it. Hopefully, I love it. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) No, I really did. I'm like, oh my god, this is the kind of song I would love. You know, at a concert. Oh yeah, I loved it. Loved it. Can you tell me just a bit about that song? The drums for this song were probably the hardest part to get right. Mm. Um, because, oh really? Yeah, it's it, it's not your standard drum field, but a, well, our drummer called it a shuffle field, um, at, which is kind of what it, it drives through the whole song, and that's what gives it that feel. Um, so it was 
Okay. It was it was a real challenge to go because then we would go back to a standard drum feel which didn't work, and so we had to find ways to go from the shuffle feel to something more more standard rock but still with the same feel. So it, it blended together and, and it wasn't too much of a stark contrast between verse and chorus. We eventually okay. eventually went for a, a short sharp break in the chorus, which is yeah, hey. And uh, that allowed us to to add that dynamic without without seeming a bit off. So the break okay. chorus allows us to to um, bring in the other the other kind of drums, and it, it's quite free there actually in the chorus. The drummer uh, he he never seemed to repeat the same things, and and we quite like that. <laughs> the fact that mm. if you really listen to the chorus every time, it's not exactly the same thing. In the drums. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. And this drummer has left the band, and you. Yes, he has. He's uh, he was uh, drummers in Australia are very busy. <laughs> they have lots of bands. Um, even our new drummer has lots of bands. So um, I guess they're a dying breed. And um, so uh, he he had lots of other things uh, going on. So he he decided. But that was always. Um, that was always clear to us. Uh, we had a, an agreement that he would get us recorded and then we'd reassess and he decided to go on to other yeah. things. So he's still a great friend of ours, so no problems there. That happens to all bands and it's uh, it's hard to it's hard to get a drummer for that's going to stick with you for over for a number of years. I think um, the drums as an instrument are... Uh, you know, they present it presents its own problem, right? Because you've got the sheer size of the instrument. You know, the, the packing up, the putting away, the reassembly, things like that, um, and also uh, adding to the the problems with um, live music here in Australia is the acoustics. So a lot of um, bars are governed by the government uh, restriction on sound, on, on the, the amount of noise. So sometimes the the owner of the bar or the manager of the bar will stand in front of the band with a decibel reader and and it's usually okay. the drums that go go over the, the decibel reading and they're always like, you got to turn it down, you got to turn it down. And it's like, it's, it's an acoustic instrument, dude. It's very hard to turn this down. So yeah, the drums they are, actually do that. Oh gosh, yes, it's quite um quite inhibiting actually. There's there's one so there's one particular uh, uh, venue that's local to us, and they have a decibel meter on the roof. I think it's about five meters in front of the stage, and mm -hmm. if it goes into the red three times within one minute, it shuts the power down to the stage automatically. <laughs> so you just oh, wow. <laughs> I'm blown away. Yeah. It's, you know, it's sometimes they call Australia the nanny state. There's just so many controls over things. Uh, George Orwell wrote about you. <laughs> Didn't he? He, should, he probably came this way. I am honestly, I'm blown away. Yeah. I'm, I'm blown away. So if the dude's having a great session and just happens to have fun and he blows it over three, it, that's it? That's it. That's yeah. it. The power shuts down. You have to wait, I think it's five or ten seconds, then you can turn the power back on and restart. It, do all the mates and ladies out in the audience go nuts? Yes. Yes. There's <laughs> a lot of complaints. <laughs> well, so there's a benefit to it, right? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> the, the, audience, the audience is not the problem. It's, uh, you know, it's the state restrictions. 
Yeah. No. Wow. I'm blown away. So before we listen, that's not every bar shade. That's just one. But the decibel restrictions apply to um, all bars, (laughs) and so you know they deal with it the way they have to deal with it. But yeah, quite often you get told you're too loud. I get that. I'm blown away, but I get. (laughs) They're gonna follow the rule. I wonder what they're gonna do when they with all these new lack of a better term, new normal. Yeah. I hate that term. I hate that term. There's nothing normal. Um, but uh, I, anyway, I'm blown away. You guys got to keep me in the loop about these rules. Yeah, there anyway, is a reason so for before, the protest, you know. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I got it. I'd be there, man. Okay, so tell me a bit about your involvement with community radio and how they have supported the Aussie music scene since the pandemic started before we listen to the last track. Sure. Um, The CBAA, which is the um, Community Broadcasting Association of Australia, they uh, work in conjunction with um, AMRAP, which is the Australian Music Radio Airplay Project, and AMRAP... Um, has a, a website where new musicians can upload their music and a profile. It gets vetted, you know, to, to see if it's explicit or not. And, okay. and and they also check copyright and things like that. And then they make that available to all the community radios in Australia. And there are a lot of community radios, especially in Victoria, as we said earlier. So okay, so you... The, sorry? So you uh, load this up to this database and then the radio stations, the community radio stations in Australia can access that and choose your music That's right. to air? That's right. That's so awesome. The, the DJs um, all have access to the, uh, to the site, the website, and yeah. um, so each DJ with their, each, their own program, um, they can go in and say, oh, this one sort of, fits my genre or this one might be interesting to play today or um and they go in there and they access it and amrap will give you stats as well on who has uh downloaded your song from the amrap uh uh website Uh so in theory it's a really good um project the only thing is that amrap is still a little behind the times and they believe it or not they still send out cds to these community radio stations. Now, um, we're talking in the vicinity of 3,000 radio stations. So they have to send out 3,000 CDs of of each band. And so um, I was talking to a, a community radio station manager and she said, yeah, sometimes we get a box and there'll be 50 CDs in there and you're thinking they've sent that box to 3,000 radio stations, the, just the sheer cost involved in that. It's it's not very, uh, it's not very logical in this digital a, age. <laughs> well, my first thought is the environment. Yeah. I mean, the, the physical um, uh, trash and, and, and rubbish that comes from that because you've got to unpack each CD, um, also the, the, the freight in transporting those things, okay. it's, it's it's it doesn't make sense. However, I've heard that that is sort of dying off because now AMRAP is getting a little bit more um, organised and going the digital route, 
which makes total sense. Okay. So um, they basically make your music accessible to all of the radio stations. However, um, the radio station, it's up to them to go in and sort of look through what's going on. So if the radio station doesn't have enough workers or enough volunteers, um, they may not go in. So then it's up to you as a, as, a, as a musician to contact the radio stations and say, don't forget to check us out on the AMRAP site. You know, we're an Australian band and we want to play on community radio. So you've got to do uh, the legwork there to sort of remind, okay. remind them to, to use the AMRAP site and, and tell them that you're there. So it's a it's a great it's a great system in theory. It just needs a few tweaks to work a little better. But yeah, it um it certainly has helped us. We've managed to get played on a few different community radio stations in Australia. Although I would say that um, Europe has been more friendly to us than the Australian network. We get played much oh. more in Europe than we do in Australia. Tell me a bit about that. It seems that. Um, uh, the digital radio community, and especially in the UK and Europe, is very open mm-hmm. to new music. And um, uh, while yeah, we, they are. We got played on a few stations here, but the rejections that we got here in Australia um, were quite specific. That we were not. Uh, this was one the other day that we got. It said your chorus is not obvious enough. And that's exactly what we don't want. We didn't want our chorus to be obvious. And that was one of the criticisms that we got. And, and I was like, okay, I get that that's what your radio station is looking for. You're looking for more obvious music. But in Europe, it's not like that at all. They're really open to, oh, these guys are playing things that are not, you know, your typical standard rock and using, you know, alternative okay. tuning and, and, and some different um, drumming uh, uh, techniques and things like that. So it just felt uh, what, what, our, uh, what we have read from the feedback is that Australian music is probably a little bit more towards the standard rock and Europe is a bit more open to experimenting. That's interesting. It's yeah. interesting. So if it plays on community radio, I'm assuming you would get royalties, right? No. <laughs> um, uh, not oh. always. Well, not always. Uh, if it plays through AMRAP, um, they do yeah. require them to play to 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 play oh, to pay uh, royalties. But because community radio is not mainstream radio. Um, there okay. are some tax exemptions and things like that, and they don't have to play, pay um, royalties. If you get picked up on a mainstream radio, then um, AMRAP enforces the royalty payment, but community radio is a bit exempt of that. Okay. That's interesting. Huh. Okay. <clears throat> Thank you for sharing that. It was very interesting. Very interesting. But, you know, the CD delivery, it could have been born at the beginning when they started it um, by purchasing the the artist's music because they would have had to go to the artist to get that CD, right? That's right. Right. So it could have been born for good reasons, but it's just not practical today. Yeah, I'm not sure that they would have bought that CD. I think the, the, the artist probably would have submitted it. Uh, wow, you guys really 
I hope the protest goes well. <laughs> July. Yeah, we need it. Uh, we need it. <laughs> I believe in music should not be for free. Uh, and you know what? It's the one thing people need, like spiritually, emotionally, soul for your soul. And uh, it doesn't get a lot of respect when it comes to the income side of things. So yeah. the industry really, really needs to change. So the last track of the EP is Shadows. I absolutely love it. I thought it was a ballad at first, and then you changed it up. Then it seemed like it went back into sort of a ballady type thing. A very interesting tune. I loved it. I loved it. I'll talk about this one, Shay, because this is quite a funny <laughs> story. Yeah, I'd like to know about that. So... I was at home and Tony sent me an email and rang me and he said, I've just sent you this new lyric. And I went, okay, I'll, I'll, I'm in front of my computer, I'll open it up. I said, what's it about? He said, it's a love song. And I opened the, the document and went, and I'm reading the lyrics. I'm going, Did you send me the right file? Yes, why? <laughs> I said, well, this is not a love song. He said, yeah, yeah, it's about a, a guy who loves a girl but he can't. He can't get her. I said, yeah, that's called a stalker. <laughs> and, uh, okay. so I wrote this really, really haunting guitar part for it. Kind of went too far. Okay. <laughs> and um, okay. so, so we, we ditched that. But this song got rewritten probably three or four times. Um, and it... It, it's um, I, Tony was actually a little bit apprehensive about putting it on the EP because the lyric content is, I mean, it could be taken the wrong way quite easily. And uh, I said, no, no, yeah, there's there's plenty of songs out there with some questionable lyrical content. This is not that bad compared to some of them. Yeah. So um, it's got to stay. And and the, I musically, I really like. This is actually one of my favourite songs. Um, I love it. Yeah, it, it's got a, a nice feel in the in the verse with the, the picked out guitar, and then it goes into that heavier chorus. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it was it was an interesting song. So the dynamics are for me, it's it's really when I was writing the guitar parts was the guys in the shadows, and he wants to talk to this girl, but he doesn't know how to. So it's there's there's this kind of uh, conflict going on in terms of in his own head. So. When he's looking at her, he's quite calm, but then he thinks about wanting to talk to her and he he you know, he gets all panicky and that's where that heavy, fast chorus sort of comes into it. So it's really about yeah. the emotions of, the, of a person going through that experience. Yeah. Yeah. Well, to me, most love, uh, love relationships or love feelings or whatever are like that. It's not all loves, kisses, rainbows, and bubbles up the butt. Or daisies, right? <laughs> yeah, daisies. <laughs> Stop it with the daisy. Uh, and they're actually my favorite flower, okay? I'm not a roses girl. I'm a daisy girl. Um, yeah, so... Uh, yeah, I, I actually thought it was a great interpretation uh, of a love song. I loved it. Yeah, it's unrequited love, um, but yeah, it okay. is a, um, it, yeah, it is a it, it's a lover uh, stalker song, if you want. <laughs> what I well, we're gonna like, listen. 
what I particularly like was the the fact that the the bass has a lot of freedom to do things in this song. So, yeah. Um, that was great. And in, in the studio, John, uh, he recorded uh, a few different basses and we ended up having things to choose from, which is a rare, uh, rare thing in the studio. Um, yeah. So it was nice to be able to say, oh, let's take this one. No, let's take that one. And, and, and that was, that was a, a fun part of uh, creating the song. Awesome. So we're going to listen to it now. Shadows. The lady is my lover, she don't know it yet. If she does discover my Juliet, I tell myself one day it's a lie. Convince myself to stay, I may die. I have no way to tell, I persuade. She ignored me as well, and love fades. It may have been just a teenage crush. I could feel it creeping under my flesh. I peer from the shadows, I wonder. I lay in the shadows, I wonder. Should I leave the shadows, I wonder. Fortune favors the brave, I'm a shy guy, willing to be your slave, I can't deny, today you're my goal, I tell myself, then my courage falls, I blow down. It may have been just a teenage crush. I could feel it creeping under my flesh. I peer from the shadows, I wonder. I lay in the shadows, I wonder. Should I leave the shadows, I wonder. I peer from the shadows, I wonder. I lay in the shadows, I wonder. I wonder I feel from the shadows I wonder 
from the shadows I wonder I lay in the shadows I wonder Should I leave the shadows I wonder So tell us where we can get the EP. Where's the best place to buy this? So you can um, certainly buy it on Bandcamp. Uh, go to okay. Flint, Flint Brisbane uh, on Bandcamp um, and you'll find the EP Follow the Embers and it's available there to purchase now, even though the official launch date is um, July 30th. Uh, we have uh, left it open <laughs> if you want to buy it early, feel free to buy it early. Um, that's the beauty of Bandcamp. Bandcamp allows you to do that, where sometimes your distributor doesn't, which is our case. A distributor won't release it until the 30th yeah. of July. So Bandcamp has allowed us to. And so if you want to buy it early, feel free to buy it. Yeah, awesome. Bandcamp is very flexible for artists. Yes, it's great. Well, a lot more flexible than other platforms. Well, I hope it goes well. That's awesome. Awesome. You guys really did a smashing EP for your debut. Great. Thank Congrats. you very much. We're very happy with it, and we're hoping that it does does well. Ah, well, thank you very much for jumping on the podcast for another time. I really appreciate you sharing the EP. No problem, Shay. Thank you for having us. Thanks a lot, Shay. You're welcome. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Well, thank you all for tuning in. That's a wrap. Episodes run Mondays and Tuesdays at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Who shows up and what we talk about? Who knows right now? Live on the edge. Just tune in and enjoy. Thank you to the artists on today's show. This show wouldn't happen without your music. Promote the music on social media. The more people hear the music, the farther the music will reach. Follow us on Instagram at The Buzzroll Media and on Twitter at The Buzzer Indie. Subscribe to us at TheBuzzerPod.com. The Buzzroll Media has sponsored this podcast. Catch you at the pod next episode on Air Indie. From iPad to yours, over the airways. Have a good one. See you next episode. Cheers.